This is the Rocky Mountain Review for Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. I'm your host, Coda Babcock. And I'm Ivy Winfrey. And you're listening to KCSU Fort Collins. On today's show, I'll be updating you on local news. Then we'll be hearing from KCSU Assistant Sports Director Jonathan Gillum. Then we'll be hearing from Amanda Sammartino from the Gardens on Spring Creek, and I'll be delivering some national news after that. Then we'll hear an interview with local artist Brian Holes. I'll give information on Amendment 77, and then Coda will be speaking to Jillian Fressa about the Four Fort Collins program. To conclude the show, Coda will be giving some updates on COVID-19 and technology updates, and I will update us on the strange things happening in the world. Let's move right into campus and local news. Hello there, my name is Ivy Winfrey, and this is your local news here on the Rocky Mountain Review. Colorado Governor Jared Polis and Colorado First Gentleman Marlon Ray have tested positive for COVID-19, according to Rebecca Powell of the Coloradoan. Polis had been in quarantine since Wednesday, November 25th, after finding that he was exposed to someone who tested positive. In a statement released Saturday night, Polis said he and Reyes were asymptomatic and will isolate at home. Polis said in the statement, quote, Marlon and I are feeling well so far and are in good spirits. No person or family is immune to this virus, end quote. Polis concluded the statement by urging Coloradans to live, limit public interactions, wear a mask in public, and to stay six feet away from others. The city of Fort Collins has moved into safer at home COVID-19 red restrictions, also known as level 4 restrictions, following high rates of COVID-19 infection in Larimer County. According to the Fort Collins coronavirus website, level 4 restrictions entail the following. Indoor dining is closed at restaurants. Takeout, curbside delivery, or to-go is permitted. Outdoor and open-air dining with only groups comprising of a single household is also permitted. Last call at 8 p.m. Maximum attendees at indoor worship services are reduced to 50 or 25% capacity. Maximum attendees at gyms up to 10 per room, outdoors in groups of less than 10. Reservations required. Maximum participants for group sports are reduced from 25 to groups of less than 10. Indoor events are canceled. Maximum attendees for outdoor events reduced to 75 people to be attended only with members of your own household. Retail businesses must stay at 50% capacity with increased curbside pickup and delivery. Dedicated senior and at-risk hours encouraged. Office capacity is reduced to 10%. Remote work is strongly encouraged. The level 4 restrictions have also impacted several city facilities and operations, and the impacts are as follows. Recreation facilities will remain open with limited capacity. More information about capacity and reservation requirements can be found at fcgov.com recreation. On-site restaurants and city golf courses are closed for indoor dining, but planned to offer takeout more moving forward. Fort Collins Museum of Discovery and the Lincoln Center are closed until further notice. All other facilities and in-person customer service counters will remain open under current COVID hours and operations. Additionally, Fort Collins has released a set of general guidelines for individuals during Level 4 restrictions, and they are as follows. Everyone should stay home as much as possible, except for necessary activities, jobs, and government functions. Face coverings must be worn by employees and customers in place of business. 
Face coverings should be worn in any public setting and when outdoor areas are busy. Six feet of social distance should be maintained. Stick to your household. No get-togethers with anyone outside of your immediate household. Sick people may not go to work and should self-isolate for seven days since symptoms started and at least 72 hours after their fever goes away without fever-reducing medication. Avoid travel into or out of the community except for essential activities. To find out more information about the restrictions, Fort Collins is urging people to visit the Larimer.org COVID-19 website. And that is the local news. I'm Ivy Winfrey, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Wow, that was a sweet sesh, dudes. Now what? I'm not too sure, but we have to get this out there somehow. How about KCSU? Sick, but how do we get them to play our music? Hold on, let's check their website. KCSUFM.com Cool. Well, looks like we have to fill out a form, a description, and give them a link to download our music. Nice. Let's keep on rocking. Next up, we're hearing from Jonathan Gillum with the RMR Sports Report. Hello, and thank you for listening. It's Jonathan Gillum with your sporting news. Currently in professional sports, only the NFL is currently hosting a season. Recent news, the Broncos had their backup quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, test positive for COVID-19. And through contact tracing, it was discovered that all the other quarterbacks were found not wearing a mask on camera. After the positive test, the NFL required the entire QB room not to play. So the Denver Broncos had to start a practice squad wide receiver named Kendall Hilton last Sunday. And he had only played quarterback in college, none in the NFL. He got the start, and the Broncos fell to the Saints, 31-3. Additionally, the Ravens had several players test positive, so the Steelers-Ravens game from last week was moved to tomorrow, Wednesday, December 12th. So there is Wednesday night football. Moving on, the CSU Rams now have football, men's and women's basketball, and swimming and volleyball are all beginning. More information can be found at csurams.com, and if you go to csurams.com forward slash calendar, you can find all the events and then click on the details to find out more information about that. CSU football has had a rough season with several games being canceled. 
Their record is one win and two losses with two more games left to play tentatively. A reminder, we host the CSU pregame show every home game three hours before the game. So with one home game left, whether or not the game is canceled, we will continue with the pregame show for the December 12th game at 4.30 p.m. And two lucky listeners will win, not have a chance to win, will win a new Belgium prize pack. Again, that'll be 4.30 on December 12th. Missing that deep dive into sports? Well, KCSU FM has articles, podcasts, and more exclusive content. If any of that is of interest, again, that is found at kcsufm.com. That is all I have for sporting news. Thank you for listening. Hope everyone is staying well. For KCSU Sports, I'm Jonathan Gillum, and I'll catch you next time. That was Jonathan Gillum with Sports Updates. We'll be right back. back on the Rocky Mountain Review. You just heard local news and sports updates. Now we'll be hearing from Amanda Sammartino from the Gardens on Spring Creek about the Garden of Lights holiday event. All right, so would you mind introducing yourself for me? Yeah, so my name is Amanda Sammartino and I am the Senior Communications Specialist for the Gardens on Spring Creek. Um, what is the Garden of Lights event? So every year the Gardens on Spring Creek introduces our Garden of Lights event, which is a fantastic holiday tradition where we fill the gardens with beautiful holiday lights and sculptures so that families can come and have just a really exciting holiday experience. How will this year's celebration be different from other years? So we are being doing everything that we can to be as cautious as possible and ensure a safe experience for all of our volunteers, guests, and staff. One of the main things that we're doing is having capped entries, meaning that we're only allowing 75 people every 45 minutes into the gardens. And we're also doing that through online ticketing sales. So every person will have to purchase a ticket in advance online for a specific time. That means that we'll also only have 75 people throughout our entire uh, 12 acre facility and our half acre, or excuse me, our half mile loop of lights. So there will be plenty of space for social distancing. We're also taking precautions to reduce crowding by having eliminated our live entertainment and are also um, encouraging the use of hand sanitizer and all participants will be required to wear a mask at all times. When is the Garden of Lights going to be available this year? So we are really excited to be doubling the nights that we are offering for the community. So we are actually starting this Friday, December 4th, and we will be running through December 30th. 
We have multiple entry times each evening starting at 4.15 p.m. So that's a perfect time for, to get some kiddos out for the uh, exciting experience before uh, dinner and bedtime. Uh, as late as entries at 8.45 p.m. for those who might want a later evening experience. What is the address of the Gardens on Spring Creek? So we are located at 2145 Center Avenue, which is just off Prospect uh, in Fort Collins. And we, again, do require tickets be purchased in advance online, but we have plenty of on-site parking for our event attendees, as well as street parking and overflow parking across the street. In addition to the lights and the walk, what are some other things that are going to be available at the event? So our gift shop will also be open. Um, we have fantastic uh, holiday items, including four different variety of poinsettias that we are growing here locally. We're also going to be playing holiday music throughout the event. So that'll be another cheerful element that we haven't had in the past. But as I said, we are eliminating a lot of our in-person and live entertainment um, to reduce crowding. So we're encouraging people to remind their kiddos that Santa is social distancing this year. What are some other events that the Gardens on Spring Creek hold? So we have a variety of events and educational opportunities to bring people into our beautiful facility, in addition to just the opportunity to enjoy our gardens. Uh, last, last month, we had our Pumpkins on Parade event, which was an exciting celebration of the harvest and an opportunity to um, bring awareness to uh, food allergies. It's a candy-free event that we offer every year. Over the summer, we also provide concerts and we have a number of educational classes. And then our spring plant sale is always a huge hit as well, where we partner with CSU students to sell um, thousands of locally grown, many of which are native uh, plants for local home use. All right. And then if anyone wants tickets for the Garden of Lights event, uh, where can they get those? So to get tickets to our Garden of Lights event, you can visit our website at www.fcgov.com slash gardens. So we are um, a cultural facility of the city of Fort Collins. So you'll find our website nestled in that website. So that's fcgov.com backslash gardens. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, there is a discount for students, uh, so um, if there are any of you that would like to join us, uh, bring your student ID to verify that when you check in, um, and we look forward to seeing you. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, the Garden of Lights will be held from December 4th through 30th at the Gardens on Spring Creek here in Fort Collins. For more information and to buy tickets, you can visit fcgov.com garden and scroll down to the Garden of Lights. You can also learn about different holiday events that they're hosting by scrolling down to their events and activities page. That was Amanda San Martino from the Gardens on Spring Creek. We'll be right back. Want to know how the Nuggets did last night? Are you dying to hear about the Twitter beef your favorite rapper was involved in? Well, look no further because you can find all that and more tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. with me, DJ Dallas. And me, DJ Asher, here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins.
And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. We just want to know what is your favorite holiday tradition? Let us know at 970-491-KCSU. I'm having so much fun. Get over here with that pool noodle. Hope you brought your bathing suit. Stop running. Because after the show, we're taking a trip in the hot tubs time machine and playing all the songs of a year from history. Mom, how do I turn on the bubbles? They're already on. Keep it here on 90.5 KCSU. Cannonball! And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Coda Babcock, and this is National News Highlights for Tuesday. The U.S. Supreme Court heard an argument from the Trump administration that would bar the census from counting non-citizens in its counts. According to Nina Totenberg and Hansi Lo Wang from National Public Radio, this would be the first time that unauthorized immigrant populations would not be included in counts intended to draw new congressional districts. Several judges have expressed doubts related to the case. The Constitution requires that the, quote, whole number of persons, end quote, residing in each state be counted for the purpose of redistricting. Justice Samuel Alito said that excluding around 10.5 million immigrants without proper documentation would be, quote, a monumental task with just 30 days left in the year. Wisconsin and Arizona have announced that their elections are now certified. According to Amy Gardner, Emma Brown, and Rosalind S. Helderman at the Washington Post, the two states became the last of the six where the Trump administration brought lawsuits to contest its to contest his defeat to President-elect Joe Biden. Trump has continuously made unbacked claims that voter fraud caused him to lose the presidential election, and many Republicans in those states have, de have defended the results and the levels of security during the election. On December 14th, the Electoral College will meet and announce the official election results. White House coronavirus advisor Dr. Scott Atlas announced his resignation from his position Monday. According to the Associated Press, Alice has previously been skeptical of safety measures related to the COVID-19 pandemic and has no formal experience in the public health and safety realm. Atlas is a neurodiologist, neuro which is a doctor that specializes in treating the brain, spinal cord, head, and neck through the use of x-rays and similar technologies. He became a member of the White House staff over the summer and has clashed in opinion with top experts such as Dr. Anthony Fauci, his former employer, Stanford University has released a statement distancing themselves from him and his views related to the pandemic, particularly related to mask use and social distancing. He was originally hired by the White House as a, quote, special government employee. This means that he can only work for the government for 130 days or less per year. A black teenager was shot and killed by an older white man in Ashland, Oregon last week. According to Ozzy Paibara at New the New York Times, the confrontation between 19-year-old Aiden Ellison and 47-year-old Robert Keegan began due to an argument over music volume. The shooting occurred at the Stratford Inn, where Keegan was staying as a result of the Alameda fire displacements. Ashland Police Chief Tige O'Mara said in a statement, quote, This did not happen because of loud music. It happened because the suspect chose to bring a gun with him and chose to use it. 100% on him, not the poor young man that was murdered, end quote. Keegan has been charged with second-degree murder, first-degree manslaughter, unlawful possession of a weapon, and reckless endangerment. The department is looking to, into if race played a role in the shooting. I'm Coda Babcock, and that was National News Highlights for December 1st. 
Now on more information for, on Amendment 77 with Ivy Winfrey. Hello, my name is Ivy Winfrey, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. The election has come to a close, and Colorado voters in 2020 voted in favor of quite a few ballot measures. We at KCSU have prepared a series of segments devoted to discussing the future impact of each of these ballot measures. Today, we will be discussing the purpose and possible impact of Amendment 77, also known as the Allow Voters in Central City, Black Hawk, and Cripple Creek to Expand Game Types and Single Bets Initiative. Amendment 77 allows voters in Central City, Black Hawk, and Cripple Creek, the only towns where gaming is legal in Colorado, to approve a maximum single bet of any amount and approve more game types in addition to slot machines, blackjack, poker, roulette, and craps. The measure repealed language in the Colorado Constitution that limited the types of games allowed in the casinos and that set a maximum single bet of $100. The distribution of gaming tax revenue for community colleges and state uh, statute was amended to include distributions to programs to improve student retention and increase credential completion. Under the measure, each of the three towns may hold up a local election to vote on whether to change betting limits and add new games. The earliest these changes could go into effect is May 1, 2021. The amendment comes after a history of Colorado voters voting in favor of legalized gambling in these towns and follows a trend of previous bills granting these towns more autonomous regulational freedom over this enterprise. In 1990, Colorado voters approved legalized limited gaming in the cities of Blackhawk, Central City, and Cripple Creek through Initiative 4. At the time, single bets were limited to $5 and only slot machines, blackjack, and poker games were allowed. Casinos were also required to close at 2 a.m. and remain closed until 8 a.m., and no more than 35% of a building's total space or 50% of a building floor could be dedicated to gaming. In 2008, Colorado voters approved Amendment 50. This constitutional amendment allowed residents of Cripple Creek, Blackhawk, and Central City to vote on whether to extend casino hours to 24 hours per day, 7 days per week, add roulette and craps as additional games, and increase the maximum bet limit from $5 to $100. So what does this all mean? Effectively, it means the voters in Cripple Creek, Blackhawk, and Central City, should they vote in favor, will have the uh, power to theoretically grow those cities' gambling enterprises a whole lot. And since gambling is heavily taxed in Colorado, it could result in a large amount of additional tax revenue for the state. Information in this segment was collected from Ballotpedia and from Colorado Public Radio. To find out more, you can visit Ballotpedia.org. My name is Ivy Winfrey, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. You just heard some national news highlights with myself and an explanation of Amendment 77 with Ivy Winfrey. We'll be right back after a quick break. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. Now we're going to be hearing from Jillian Fressa about the Four Fort Collins Partnership. Thanks so much for joining me today. Would you mind introducing yourself? Hi, my name is Jillian Fressa. I work for the City of Fort Collins in the Economic Health Office. 
So what is for Fort Collins and how does it differ from NOCO Recovers? Sure. Um, so for Fort Collins, we launched it out of our economic health office back in April. And it's really a campaign to rally behind our local small businesses that have been impacted by the pandemic. So there's free tools and resources aimed at helping the community shop local and shop safely. So um, businesses have access to free marketing materials, resources, while community members can, you know, have access to tips and learn how they can best support their favorite um, Fort Collins businesses. And NOCO Recovers um, is actually a region-wide Northern Colorado um, initiative, and it's really to provide a single source of um, information, um, primarily around funding sources um, that are available to our business community. So what has Fort, Fort Collins done to help local business community so far? Yeah, so we had a ambassador program that we launched back in the summer where we had nine different businesses essentially be brand ambassadors for us to help spread the word, to share these resources with other businesses in our community. And then we recently added a holiday business page on the website, which really encourages folks to um, shop early, shop local, and to shop safe this holiday season. Can you tell us about the Shop Local, Shop Safe pledge? Yeah, sure. So if you go onto the For Fort Collins website, we do have that holiday page that I mentioned, and um, that's where community members can actually sign the pledge to Shop Local. Um, and right now we're doing a giveaway through that. So if um, a community member were to take the pledge, post on social media uh, of and show how they shopped local, um, they would automatically receive a $25 NOCO NOSH gift card. So we really love this campaign because it supports retailers, um, but also our restaurant community as well. Thank you. And then if listeners have already finished their holiday shopping, how can they show support considering that that's a major time for local businesses to make some money? Yeah. So we, on our website, we have a dedicated um, community page in which you can learn how to support your favorite Fort Collins businesses. My thing is if you've already done your shopping, um, it's always nice to go back and leave a kind review, share with the community on social media where you purchased this year, and of course, refer and tell your friends. And then where can small business owners find resources on that website? Yeah, so we have um, a dedicated business page, and then we also have a resource page. And we're working on a resource library right now to allow businesses to have access to free trainings and webinars and videos as well. So if you just go on to fourfortcollins.com, you'll see the business page and resources. We also have a uh, Fort Collins business map. So um, that's where community members can uh, searched on a map to see which businesses are open, um, which ones are offering gift cards, takeout, curbside, all that. Um, so if you want to sign your business up, you can do that there as well. And then could you tell me about um, those trainings that you brought up for businesses? Yeah. So um, right now we're trying to build a 
uh, video resource library, we have created some content around de-escalation training for businesses and their staff members. Right now, it's a little hard sometimes having tough conversation with customers that may be, you know, frustrated, especially around wearing masks. So we have videos on that. We also have a lot of free uh, marketing tips as well. And then we just partnered with a local marketing firm that did a video on inclusive marketing and incorporating diversity, equity, and inclusion in businesses' long-term um, marketing strategy as well. All right, thank you. And then do you have anything else to add about 4-4 Collins? Yeah, I mean, definitely check it out. I encourage everyone to just explore the page. We have, we like to feature different businesses and interview business owners. So community members have access to those stories as well. Yeah, just check it out. And then if businesses want to stay in touch and um, be connected, I highly encourage all businesses to sign up for our business newsletter that goes out weekly. And recently we just launched that in Spanish. So we have a solely dedicated Spanish version of our business newsletter as well. And then that website is fourfortcollins.com, right? Yep, that's correct. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. All right, again, that was Jillian Fraser from Fort Fort Collins. The city of Fort Collins has also launched a program to help out local restaurants through NOCO NOSH. So NOCO NOSH is now eliminating the fees that restaurants normally have to pay for NOCO NOSH to process their orders and fulfill their takeout and delivery orders. This partnership is through the city who is also helping out with the Fort Fort Collins partnership. NOCO NOSH is also locally and independently owned here in Fort Collins. No Konosh is available in the App Store, and if you are still interested in Four Fort Collins, you can visit their website at fourfortcollins.com. You just heard from Jillian Fressa about Four Fort Collins and supporting small businesses. Now for COVID-19 updates. Colorado State University has a cumulative total of nearly 1,500 cases of COVID-19 since May of this year. The university's recent spike has started to go down slightly, but due to recent Thanksgiving-related travel, community members must still stay cautious. As Ivy said in her newscast, Fort Collins is in the safer at home level four red. This means that there is a severe risk for COVID-19 in the community. Larimer County's risk score is high and our status is at red on the state's dial. There have been 138 new cases reported in the last 24 hours and every day in the past two weeks has seen a minimum of 15 new cases. Seven out of the past 14 days has seen 10% of tests come back positive in the county and Larimer County's 14 day case rate is now 854 per 100,000 residents. There are 103 COVID patients in the hospital in Larimer County, but our hospitals are only at 69% utilization and 66% for ICU usage, meaning that the county is currently able to manage the rise in hospitalizations. Statewide, there are a total of 232,000 cases of COVID-19 and over 3,000 deaths among those cases. There have been over 2,100 outbreaks in the state, and over 1.7 million people have been tested in Colorado. Colorado has recently completed the vaccine readiness test, which is a simulation to prepare states for vaccine arrival and distribution. Colorado's cases are remaining high, while Wyoming's cases are high but beginning to go down. There are over 13.6 million cases of COVID-19 in the U.S., and over 268,000 people are dead as a result of the virus. Cases have increased by over one. 160, 
167,000 yesterday, with a two-week trend of a 3% increase. Deaths increased by over 1,200 yesterday, with a 28% increase in the past two weeks. Hospitalizations increased by 96,000 yesterday, a 34% increase over the past two weeks. While Halloween was followed by a drastic increase in COVID-19 cases and deaths, Thanksgiving so far has not shown the same trend. However, the virus can take anywhere from two days to two weeks to show symptoms, and testing is not widely available in some regions for those who do not experience symptoms. Moderna, the drug maker responsible for the current coronavirus vaccine that is 94.1% effective, applied for emergency approval from the Food and Drug Administration for the coronavirus vaccine. If approved, vaccinations could begin by December 21st. The Moderna vaccine study included 30,000 people, including those of populations hit hardest by COVID-19. Its interim findings from the study show that it met scientific criteria needed to prove that it will work. In addition to mostly preventing the transmission of it, it was also 100% effective in preventing severe disease as a result of the coronavirus. Information for today's segment was provided by Colorado State University, the City of Fort Collins, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, the New York Times, and the Centers for Disease Control. Despite news of a vaccine, the only way to currently protect yourself from COVID-19 is to wear a face covering, wash your hands regularly, social distance, and limit your interactions with people outside of your household. I'm Coda Babcock. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Now we're going to hear from Jillian Fraza with the Four Fort Collins City Business Partnership. I'm Coda Babcock, and this is Technology Updates for December 1st. India has banned several apps coming from China because of national security. According to Sharice Pham of CNN Business, this move has further strained tense relations between the two countries. Ji Rong, a spokesperson from the Chinese embassy in India, said, quote, We firmly oppose the Indian side's repeated use of national security as an excuse to prohibit some mobile apps with Chinese background. End quote. Some of the blocked apps include shopping platform AliExpress, messenger app DingTalk, as well as some dating apps. In a statement, India's Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology said, quote, This action was taken based on the inputs regarding those apps for engaging in activities which are prejudicial to sovereignty and integrity of India, defense of India, security of state, and public order, end quote. Human rights group Amnesty International has accused Facebook and Google of, quote, far-reaching complicity, end quote, in Vietnamese government censorship. In their report, Amnesty points out that the two companies block content that is critical of authorities. In Vietnam, the government is known for restricting freedom of speech and jailing bloggers who've created critical commentary. The report from Amnesty International is 78 pages and based around many interviews. Some of the interviews include activists, former prisoners, writers, and lawyers. Video conferencing platform Zoom has reported a four times increase in its revenue this quarter compared to this time last year, according to Jacob Krasnicki's at The Verge. While Zoom expects its growth to continue, there are signs its high growth periods may end as workers begin returning to in-person workplaces. Returning to in-person work and instruction would cause users to be less reliant on Zoom's technology for day-to-day use. That's all for tech updates. I'm Coda Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on KCSU Fort Collins. All right, that's all for tech news. Now we're moving on to an interview with Brian Holes, a local musician interviewed by our own Maddie Erskine from the local music department.
90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Well, Brian Jasper Hull is here with me in the studio today. Thanks again for being here today, Brian. Thank you, Maddie. Of course. So um, you have been a musician in this town uh, like since the 90s. So what has compelled you to keep playing music in Fort Collins? And do you feel like the music scene has changed over the years? The first question I would answer that I once you get the music uh, bug in you and you, and you <laughs> sort of have the experience of playing live, writing songs, recording music and, and everything, uh, it doesn't let go of you. It's kind of a permanent condition. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> you're, you're hooked, you know. And, uh, and as far as like the Fort Collins local scene, um, I've seen it uh, change in a lot of ways for sure. It's kind of hard to describe the, you know, when I first got here to town, there were a lot of like bars that music was happening in. Uh, that yeah. Tony's, which now they totally remodeled they and have changed remodeled it. That. <laughs> it's totally changed it. But uh, back in the day, that used to be a, a place where bands, you know, national acts would come through, like mm-hmm. Mo or like I don't, I don't know, like you know, really amazing bands would just pop in and play in, in the back of Tony's. There used to be a place called Linden's, which is now like the the Fat Pig, and uh, where there was there was a local keyboardist, piano player named Walter Jenkins that did a Sunday night jam. It started out as a Sunday night jam, and then he started doing Wednesday nights as well, like yeah. a jazz jam on Wednesday nights. And, and I got the fortune of getting in on that and would play with him two nights a week, um, you know, for a few years, and uh, it was. It was fabulous, you know. There was That's a, super fun. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, lot of really talented people, uh, and there still are. There's a, there's a, there's a really amazing uh, diversity of music here in town. And yeah, I definitely agree. And talented folks, and so uh, it's been cool to see Foco MX, for example. Mm-hmm. That's been a, a great development in the last few years. Foco MX is awesome. It was a, such a shame that we didn't get to have the normal Foco MX this year, but the drive-in thing that they did was pretty cool as well. Yeah. trying to incorporate a few uh, let let a few bands still play live yeah yeah so it you know it's there's a lot of things that have that have developed you know uh new venues like washington mm-hmm. i'm just crossing my fingers that a lot of venues are able to survive this uh pandemic and and, and come back swing back into action yeah um definitely it's been sad to see the few of them go yeah um so i really hope we don't see any more go <laughs> Yeah, it's it's true. So, but, but yeah, um, you know, and and being a part of a, a scene like this for a long time is as as great perks. You know, you get to yeah. know a lot of the people that are in the scene, and um, uh, I never have a shortage of people I can call if I need a bassist or a drummer or you know someone to play horns or you know, yeah. sax or whatever. Um, so, have a a deep bullpen as far as that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. You also play in um, two bands like Meadowlark, Jiven, and Jasper Grooves Collective. What are just some of your biggest differences playing like solo versus in a band? Um, well, one one big difference is like t- today, uh, it's stripped down. You know, just have yeah. guitar, vocals, um, and then with Meadowlark, Jiven, sometimes we play with a three-piece horn section, keys, uh, you know, get so the saxophone on there, sax, <laughs> trumpet, uh, you know, uh, oftentimes trombone, uh, you know, and so that's a bigger outfit and, um, it's, it's more work, you know, when, when we have to rehearse and really get those horn parts dialed in. Yep. 
but uh but it's so exciting to do it so i, I love that and then the jasper grooves collective is kind of a flexible group i mean nice. and sometimes we play um just as a stripped down like trio mm-hmm. when the crown pub was doing music we were playing there a lot and then sometimes we expand that as well and and uh have like a, kind of a chorus of female vocalists behind it yeah. or, or, or a horn section and um it's it's a malleable group or, or a percussionist or um but yeah so i'm looking forward to the day when live music is, is back in me as well swing. yeah especially just like that live band feel and just being able to invite your friends to come over and jam and have a good time it's definitely something we're all missing <laughs> oh yeah. yeah um your songwriting is very like poetic and thought out and i was kind of curious if you think your liberal liberal arts background and you know being a liberal arts professor and as you told me earlier like philosophy and journalism do you think this kind of inspires your style of songwriting well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it all, it's all related, uh, you know, what, what you're reading, what you're, um, you know, exposed to in terms of other songwriters and stuff. Yeah. When I, when I was in high school, you know, I was listening to everything from like Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan, you know, um, to Public mm-hmm. Enemy, to, yeah. to like, um, uh, you know, a lot of punk rock music. Um, and, and, and a lot of the bands that or, or sing, songwriters that caught my ears put put a lot of attention to the poetry. Um, yeah. And so so that's something that I've tried to make a, a sort of at the heart of my songwriting is um, having a literary or however you want to put it, a poetic uh, influence on it. So my next question is just like, who are some artists that you draw the most inspiration from, either like current artists and past artists? I'll let you flip your music real quick. There you go. Um, <laughs> well, I, I I kind of listen to a very eclectic uh, range of uh, music. I definitely um, have to say, you know, people like Jimi Hendrix, uh, uh, in the punk scene, I remember a band called The Minutemen that yeah. w- were hugely influential. Um, Bob Dylan, um, I love Stevie Wonder, his music. Um, so those are those are some of the big ones. Yeah, you definitely have like a lot of like genre influence, I think, too. Like you have like that jazz aspect, the blues aspect, the funk aspect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge huge fan of of all of that blues jazz funk uh, th- those are all in my wheelhouse for sure yeah yeah um you mentioned to me earlier that you used to play the trumpet um are there any other fun instruments that you wish you could just learn just groovy ones um well i i kind of want to learn everything <laughs> that's fair i'm the same way honestly <laughs> you know so uh, i'll try my hand at a lot of things uh, yeah um but i like trumpet is tough because if you don't have your embouchure, if you're oh, not, yeah. if you're not playing on a regular basis, uh, kind of lose those muscles. But but yeah, every once in a while I pick the trumpet back up. Mm-hmm. I love playing percussion. Percussion's fun. I was gonna say I haven't played French horn in like a year, and I'm sure if I picked it up right now, I would sound awful because your muscles just they have to be built. It's like a workout, like kicking oh, yeah. a soccer ball. You're not gonna be great if you haven't done it for a year. But yeah, you, you know, give your, if you give yourself like. 20 minutes a day yep. for a couple of weeks, then then you start playing well, you know, mm-hmm. it comes back. So that's the good part. Exactly. It does <laughs> come back. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, live shows are kind of on a pause. We all definitely miss going to live music. You mentioned earlier, like, you know, there used to be Tony's playing live music and some other places. What are just some of your favorite memories from past live shows that you either played or went to here in Fort Collins? Um, as far as playing, I mean, uh, really enjoyed playing like Avogadro's. Avogadro's um, is fun. <laughs> yeah. On some occasions I've played over the Aggie, um, which was, was cool. Um, you know, and then the Foco MX, those are great. Um, and uh, yeah. And then as far as like going out to see uh, in the last year, um, I started going out to Washington's every now and then because I noticed they yeah. were having some pretty um they had some big acts and then some, they also had some really cool local ones. Yeah, and and some some international things coming through like uh Bombino, I don't know if you ever heard of Bombino. I don't think so, no. He's a he's a Tuareg That's guitarist super cool. from from the the Sahara Desert, you know, so uh North African, kind of like a North African Jimi Hendrix, you know, yeah. like really cool and uh, so that was that was neat. And then uh, this guy named View Farcature, which is the son of Ali Farcature, played with him. That's awesome. So it was like really serious uh, yeah. uh, African, uh, sort of North African musicians from Farcature is from Mali. Um, and yeah, so I love it when we get sort of surprised and stuff like that. Yeah, we had a few, um, like some world music come through the Aggie when I was working there too. I wish I remember the name of the band I watched, but they were, it was super, it was super cool to hear that because you don't necessarily hear, um, like they just do like a lot of different things, have a lot of different styles in different countries mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's very, it's very cool how they have like another way of being creative. They had like a, we, like a fun light show happening that they were doing themselves with like, um, some form of like water and paint thing it was super it oh, was super nice. cool to watch nice. I, I know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah like they projected on but it's mm -hmm. like a live projection it was super cool <laughs> i used to see that happen in uh back in high school there were bands that would do that i think that comes from the, the hippie era that it was, definitely does yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um so the last song you're going to be playing for us is uh blues for Sis sisyphus um which this title really intrigued me because sisyphus is a fi figure from greek mythology um i believe he was quite the trickster so if you want to talk just a bit about the inspiration for this song i'm excited to know what it's about <laughs> yeah well you know one thing about the the mythical figure of sisyphus is he he was too tricky so the gods sort of got irritated with him and they figured they needed to keep him occupied in the in his afterlife yeah. And so they had him roll a rock up a hill and then every time he was supposed to get it up to the top of the hill but every time he would get it close it would roll back down and yeah. um and he would have to start the whole thing over again so that way they made sure he couldn't be up to any of his mischief yeah he was too busy <laughs> yeah and uh and i thought well that's that's really you know a, a sad fate but um but yeah i, I was, it actually came from a, a buddy of mine we were having a conversation um last summer and and he was talking about like um you know just the work a day world working 40 hours mm -hmm. a week and doing his thing and he was like man i'm tired of pushing this rock up the hill <laughs> and i yeah. looked over at him and i was like you're always saying good stuff i'm gonna make a song out of that i like that <laughs> I, l I love it when people's songs come from like inspiration from like things that their friends said and stuff <laughs> like i think that's always <laughs> such a fun jumping off point <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah well Let's get into it. I'm excited to hear it. Um, here is Blues for Sisyphus by Brian Jasper Hall here on 90.5 KCSU. All right. 
Is there anything else you would like listeners to know before we wrap up? Well, I guess I'll just say um, if you if you like what you heard, uh, you can find me out there on that uh, web, that worldwide web. Uh, there's a Brian Jasper Hole Facebook page. There's a Metal Arc Jiven Facebook page. There's a Jasper Grooves Collective yes. website, jaspergroovescollective.com. You're pretty findable on the internet if you just Google. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's out there. And, the, and there's uh, if you're a vinyl person, there's vinyl, there's CDs. And, of course, the digital uh, yes. is out there. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you missed any part of this session with Brian Jasper Hall, the full session will be up on our website, kcsufm.com. I'm Maddie Erskine, local music director, and thank you so much for listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Again, that was local musician Brian Jasper Hulls interviewed by our own Maddie Erskine, our local music director. If you want to hear more of that interview and all the songs, you can go to kcsufm.com music. And we'll be right back with Weird News with Ivy Winfrey. Again, my name is Ivy Winfrey, and sometimes we need to get a little bit weird. So here's some of the weirdest stories I've found today. Pizza Hut is now accepting Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in Venezuela in lieu of cash, according to Anna Larson at The Daily Chain. Venezuela has had a growing use of cryptocurrencies over the last few years due to strict sanctions by the United States and hyperinflation causing the value of the Venezuelan Bolivar to drop dramatically. This week, Pizza Hut, one of the oldest pizza chains in the country, began to accept Bitcoin and other digital currencies as payment. As of November 27, 2020, Pizza Hut customers have the option for paying for their orders with cryptocurrency. This makes it the first time in the first nation in the world where the major franchise has adopted digital currencies. The move was made possible by Latin American crypto payments processor CryptoBuyer, which collaborated with Pizza Hut. CryptoBuyer is one of the active startups that have helped fuel the adoption of cryptocurrencies in Venezuela, and similar co collaborations with major retailers in the nation, and also the installation of Bitcoin ATMs. This is a especially momentous occasion because of the history of Bitcoin. On May 22, 2010, a man named Laszlo Hanex became the first person to make a commercial transaction with Bitcoin, buying two pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoins. At the time, the Bitcoins were valued at roughly $45. However, nowadays, the value of 10,000 Bitcoins is roughly $193 million. The occasion is celebrated as an informal holiday on May 22nd, known as Bitcoin Pizza Day. Other big names that accept Bitcoin in Venezuela are Burger King, another renowned fast food chain, and the Intercontinental and Tamanaco Hotel chains, among others. 
The rise in negative reviews for the Amazon's top three scented candles have statistically coincided with the rise in COVID-19 cases, prompting observers to theorize that the two may be linked. According to Lokia Papanopoulos at interestingengineering.com, it seems that negative reviews of Amazon's three best-selling scented candles have increased along with COVID-19 cases. This correlation could, uh, of course, be associated with the fact that the virus causes a loss of senses, including smell. This link was first noticed by effective and social psychology and neuro neurology student Kate Petrova, who investigated the subject using mathematical analysis and graphs she posted to her Twitter. Petrova first downloaded a random subsample of US-based customer reviews of the three most popular scented candles on Amazon. She found that between January 2017 and January 2020, the average rating system stayed around 4.3 out of 5. However, between January and November 2020, a time when COVID-19 cases were on the rise, there was a sharp drop in candle ratings. To investigate further, she plotted the reviews of the three most popular unscented can candles on Amazon for comparison purposes. She was then amazed by the difference. The unscented candle reviews seemed unaffected during the COVID-19 pandemic. Petrova wrote in a series of tweets, quote, since the beginning of 2020, customer satisfaction with scented candles have been dropping at a much faster rate compared to unscented candles since the beginning of this year. The proportion of reviews mentioning lack of scent grew from less than 2% in January to close to 6% in November. To find this information, you can visit Petrova's Twitter at Kate underscore PTRV. Canadian officials are warning drivers to not let moose lick their cars, according to Ala SR at CNN. Officials in Jasper, an alpine town in Canada's Alberta province, have put up signs asking motorists to stop allowing moose to lick the salt, a treat moose find hard to resist, off their cars. Jasper's National Park spokesman Steve Youngs told CNN, quote, They're obsessed with salt. It's one of the things they need for minerals in their body. They usually get it from salt lakes in the park. But now they realize they can also get road salt that splashes onto cars. At the Jasper National Park, where young people often park on the side of the road in hopes of catching a glimpse of the moose, laying the animals near your car is actually a serious danger. By allowing moose to lick the salt off your car, they'll become habituated with being around cars. That poses both a risk to the animals and to drivers who can accidentally crash into them. Young added that the best way to stop a moose from coming close to your car is simply driving away when you see them approaching. And that is all the weird news I have for today. My name is Ivy Winfrey, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. Girl, I'm feeling some college radio vibes. Oh, I got you, BB. You know that college radio is more than just the Coachella lineup, right? It's also like metal and sports and EDM and news and jazz and KCSU, where college radio is more than just college radio. And now for the weather. Today we're experiencing a high of 41 with a low of just 20 degrees. Winds speeding up all the way to 20 miles per hour. No chance of rain today despite clouds, but tomorrow there's a 10% chance of precipitation. 
Tomorrow's high will be just at a freezing 32 degrees with a low of 16, mostly cloudy skies with winds reaching almost 15 miles per hour. Thursday will warm back up with sunny skies and winds slowing down to 5 miles per hour with a high of 44 and a low of 23. No chance of rain or snow. And for Friday, you'll just have to tune in this Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins for the Rocky Mountain Review. Hi, this is Ryan from Smile Smile, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU. And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We'd like to thank Thomas Taylor, Asher Korn, Stephanie Keel, Hannah Copeland, Addison Lambert, Griffin Ham, Jonathan Gillum, Ben Kruger, Ben Haney, Dixon Lawson, Peter Walk, and the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. And I'd like to thank you, Coda. And I'd like to thank you, Ivy. And finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener. <laughs>